Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. That, I've, never, I've never been introduced with a riff before. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think we should start by just expressing gratitude for our choir. That was amazing. Amazing job. B-Song and Brandon, and that's just a lot of hours of practice. As you guys know, if you've been in a choir before, you understand like, how much that takes. And uh, we just praise the Lord for that. That has been a 10-year answer to prayer for this pastor. So I've wanted a choir forever, forever. And we had a choir set up for, um, for COVID year 2020. We were all excited for that. And then COVID happened and that was a real bummer. And then we were at a theater last year. We couldn't do it. But this year, oh my, oh my, worth the wait. Amen. Worth the wait. Praise God. So i um, thankful that you guys are here with us again. My name is Josh. I'm the preaching pastor, lead pastor at Living Waters. And we are so grateful. This is the best Sunday of the year for Christians. It's the most celebratory year. This is the, this is the moment, right? This is like the Super Bowl of Easter morning. And we're just so thankful that you guys are here with us. If you have a copy of God's Word, uh, go ahead and open it up to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Uh, we're going to be reading the verse 10 verses of Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. And we are concluding our sermon series, Countdown to Easter. So it's a really exciting time to be closing up this sermon series. We're opening up our new sermon series in Acts next Sunday. Very excited. So we're going to do um, a very cool thing that Christians have done for hundreds of years, yay, thousands of years. Uh, this is an old chant that Christians say to one another. Hopefully you say this uh, personally to one another, but we're going to say it corporately as well. Um, I'm going to say he is risen, and you're going to say he is risen indeed. Okay, so we're going to say that together. I, I do that part. We're going to put it on the screen just in case you need help, right, with the lines. All right, but I'll say he is risen. You say he is risen indeed, okay? He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Sounds so good. We'll do it one more time. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. This is a day of celebration for Christians, and it's my prayer for all of you that God will empower you by His Spirit to be a powerful witness of the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't care who you're talking to, family, friends, whoever, just be a powerful witness for that. This has been historic, orthodox Christianity for thousands of years, Christians have been incredibly bold and incredibly victorious. Like even while we're dying and being, you know, guillotined and our heads are being chopped off and we're going through trials and tribulation and cancer and death, Christians are just bold and victorious. Why? Because our Savior is alive. Amen? And if death is defeated, what else can this life possibly throw at us. And in our trials and in our tribulations, we're still victorious through him who has conquered our hearts. So this is a huge day of celebration. The resurrection account we're going to read in Matthew 28, this is a empty tomb account where the women come to the tomb. And this is in every single gospel. So if you're taking notes, um, Mark 16 Luke 24, John 20, and this passage in front of us, Matthew 28, they're all testifying to the women coming to the tomb and being the first witnesses, the powerful witnesses of the resurrection. So 
We're going to read God's word together, and then I'm going to pray, and we'll dig in and see all the truth that is in here for us. So let's read the word of God, Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you came to seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you these things. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me there. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, what a privilege it is to read your word. Lord, how energetic were those songs. That was such a blessing, God, to sing praises with our choir, to see you do such great things, sing great truths, celebrate the resurrection, Jesus, that you are alive this morning. Lord, I trust that you're alive in the hearts of many who are here in attendance. Lord, no doubt for a few, you're not alive in their hearts yet. They haven't repented and received Jesus as their Savior yet, and we pray that you would save them by your amazing love and grace. And Lord, for those believers who are here this morning that know you, are saved, Lord, would you just give them so much power today in their testimony, Lord, that they are eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Christ. Lord, would you please do a good work in our hearts as we read your word and dig into it now. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So my big idea this morning is this, that Jesus and his resurrection was first revealed to women disciples and they became powerful witnesses to the resurrection. Jesus' resurrection was first revealed to women disciples. Can I get a lady amen? Come on now, you ladies. This is your morning. This is your morning. Like Jesus' resurrection first revealed to women disciples, and those ladies became powerful witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so Jesus has risen from the dead, and all the women in this house say amen and amen, right? It's exciting. Now, imagine being these ladies for a moment. These ladies, put yourself in their shoes. They're, they're there early on the Lord's day, very early in the morning, on the Lord's day, hearing He is not here. He is risen from the dead. That is not a message they were expecting to hear. That was different than what their expectations were. What an unbelievable experience to see an angel. How awesome is that? And this angel is white as lightning and its clothes are white as snow. That's ironic. (laughs) 
it was snowing sheets outside as y'all were walking into church. And I'm like, well, the angel clothing will be, you know, real applicable, I guess, to everybody's experience this morning. And then if you're struggling to be thankful for snow, join the crowd. Like, Lord Jesus, I guess if we're getting snow, we might as well see it in the text, right? Amen. Even more so for these ladies to be shocked, to be hearing the message, he is risen. Blessed are these women indeed. These women are like in the middle of God's resurrection blessing. Now, let's expand our thinking though beyond these women. Let's think about men and women who are in Christianity, in Christendom as a more general idea. And let's think about this question. What is it about these women that make them so special? Why do these women, what was going on in their lives that made them like really, really powerful witnesses to the resurrection? But let's think even deeper. What about believers past and present? What is it about them that makes them powerful witnesses to the resurrection of Christ? You know, when you've met somebody who gives a powerful resurrection story of their testimony, you know, when you've met them, we had some really good ones last week for during baptisms. Amen. That was good. There's something about hearing a testimony, ooh, they've met the resurrected Jesus. What is it going on with them? There's something happening there. Well, well, do you have to have like a special sauce on your food? You know, like what, what, what is the special thing that you got to have to give powerful witness to the resurrection of Christ? Well, just as Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in Genesis 6, so God gives grace to his people at special times and special ways for special purposes. And these women were right there. They received the grace of Christ at the exact right moment for a very special purpose, to witness to his resurrection. And I would say that's very true today. If you're giving witness this morning to the resurrection of Christ in your life, that is all grace. Amen? That is God's grace in your life, working out through some very specific means of grace And when I mention these means of grace or these qualities of grace, you're going to be like, oh yeah, those seem very, very normal. Those seem very um, simple. They are, but they're also very special when God brings them into your life to witness powerfully to the resurrection. So let's look at three characteristics or three qualities of these women who came to the tomb and then let's make application into our own lives regarding the resurrection of Christ. The first quality of these women is that they were faithful. They were faithful. Verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and her other Mary went to see the tomb. So Mary Magdalene and another Mary, they both go to see the tomb. That's what Matthew tells us. Now, we know from Mark and Luke and John that there were more than just these two ladies at the tomb. In fact, there were up to five ladies that were at the tomb early in the morning. And, and we, we know that many ladies followed Christ. Matthew, for his writing of the gospel, he wants us just to focus in on these two Marys, Mary Magdalene and, and Mary, the other Mary, right? So it was just before dawn on the first day. Now, let me tell you, that's just, that's early, okay? And they got up early. These are early rising ladies. Now, they were up early at the rising of the sun, now, some of you, did you see the, the sunrise this morning? Did you see it? Or I don't know about 10 a.m. or I know the 8.30 people are like, yeah, 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 we saw it. Yeah, we saw it. 10 a.m., I don't know, you know. Maybe I saw it. Maybe I didn't, pastor. You know, like, I'm here now. That's all that's important. But it was a glorious sunrise. 
So I took a picture of it this morning off my deck. It was a glorious sunrise before the snow hit, right? (laughs) So sad to say. (laughs) But this glorious sunrise, this is probably something of the early morning that these ladies experienced as they came to the tomb. And, And this is just an amazing thing that these ladies were so faithful. They were faithful to be up early. You need to know this about these ladies. They were there to the very end at the cross. To the very end, they were there. They watched Jesus come down off the cross. They watched Jesus taken by Joseph of Arimathea. They walked to the tomb. They knew exactly where the tomb was at. They, They prepared their ointments and their spices and their anointing for Jesus. They were ready to do this. Sabbath day happened. First moment after Sabbath day, the Lord's day, they are there. They are faithful to be next to Jesus. Where are the men? Where are those crummy disciple men? Right? They were cowards at the cross. They ran away from the cross. What are they doing on the Lord's day? They're sleeping. They're being a bunch of lazy bones. And they're indifferent to what Christ is going through at this moment. Not the ladies. The ladies are faithful. Praise God. Now, I want to make a note of this. On a gospel restoration note, this is so cool. It was Eve who, in a garden, plunged humanity into sin. And now it's women in a garden who will be the first to experience the restoration and the restoring grace of Christ. How awesome is that? Amen? That's so cool. Like, if you don't think your Bible's awesome, that is amazing. That the very thing that Eve did to draw Adam into sin and do all of it, Like God is reversing the curse through the resurrection of Christ and he's doing it by bringing women into a garden to be the first recipients of the resurrection of Jesus. That's amazing. Now these women were faithful and God rewarded their faithfulness and blessed them with this divine blessing. And this is the truth I want you to hear about this point. Jesus reserves his greatest miracles to those who are faithful to show up. Jesus reserves his greatest miracles for those who are faithful to show up. Now, here's what I want to say. 99% of your Christian life is dependent upon your faithfulness, okay? After you come to Christ, you want your life to be blessed, you want things to happen for you, show up. Show up. Show up to the Bible study. Show up to the small group. Show up to church. Show up to things, right? Because why? You might find Jesus there, Amen. You might find Christ there. It might change your life. Like that's, these ladies were just faithful. And because of that, God blessed their faithfulness. Faithfulness is way more important than giftedness. There's a lot of gifted people out there. There's a lot of gifted people, talented people, people who are more gifted than you, more talented than you. They've got more amazing gifts than you. But you know what? Jesus doesn't always bless the gifted. He blesses the faithful. And these women were blessed with the empty tomb and to see the resurrected Christ. Why? Because this quality was given to them by the grace of God, just to be faithful. How about you? Are you faithful? I hope so. Is the resurrection of Jesus doing something inside of you just to make you faithful, to be showing up? You never know when Jesus is going to show up, change your life. They were faithful. Quality number two is that they were receptive, verses five through eight. They were receptive. 
The angel said to the women, don't be afraid. I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. And go see the place where he's, he lays. And so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to his disciples. So the angel's telling the women, how amazing is this? He's saying, hey, I know you're here to see the dead Jesus. He's gone, just as he said. How cool is that for the angel? You ever thought about the angel's perspective on that? Angels cannot be saved like humans can. Right? So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 tells us that angels, they long to look into the mystery of people being saved. They can't believe it. Because being saved is a uniquely human experience. But how cool is it for the angel? He was probably just as giddy as anybody. Like, hey, this is really happening. He's not here. He's risen. He's probably really excited because he was the one chosen to bring the message. And then he also said something very important. Don't be afraid. (laughs) That's a good word. That's a comforting word. How freaked out were these ladies? Well, no doubt everything that they thought they were going to experience that morning was the opposite of what they got. They expected to find a dead Jesus. They expected to find an anointing Jesus, like where they could go anoint him with spices and ointment. And all of a sudden, they're seeing an angel and an empty tomb, and it's all very overwhelming. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Praise God. You know, God tells us that too. When we're overwhelmed with life, when things are just really happening a lot, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of divine truth I'm getting. Angels are like, don't be afraid. It's okay. God's got this. Okay, And he says, I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. The angel knew the women were looking for a crucified dead Jesus, which is also an amazing indicator that the ladies were not anticipating the resurrection. They were, they were not ho-hum about this. They're like, oh yeah, we expected the tomb to be empty. <laughs> no big deal. They weren't expecting that. They were expecting a dead body. So this is another testament to the truth of Scripture that they were not somehow aware that Christ was going to be resurrected from the dead. This is an amazing thing. He is not here. He is risen. That is the angel's message, which is both glorious and factual. It's glorious in the fact that it's, he's not here. He's risen. He's alive. This is the greatest message in all the world, that Jesus Christ is alive. Did you know that, Christian? Your Jesus is alive right now. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting in here, right? He's alive right now. He's in this room. He's in your heart. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15 tells us that Jesus disarmed and he defeated Satan and the spiritual forces of darkness on the cross. He did that. Jesus won the victory at the cross. But it was the cross that delivered the victory. The resurrection validated the reality of the win, Okay. Yeah, like every Christian wants to be a winner, right? You want to be on the winning side. That's why the Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday is so exciting. The cross actually delivered your victory. Jesus' blood sacrificed for you and for your sins won the victory. The resurrection validated the win. Praise God. That's an amazing, glorious um, message, but it's also factual. He's not here. He's risen as he said. As he said, the angel was reminding the woman of Jesus' words. Jesus had said it over and over again. Guys, listen, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be mistreated by the scribes and Pharisees. I will die. And three days later, I'll rise again. And the disciples were like, oh, what does rise again mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. No, listen, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. And then I'm going to rise. Okay, I get that. What is that? I'm not sure what that means exactly. 
And then he says, tear down this temple in three days, I'll build it up. And the Pharisees are like, what are you talking about? It took 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days? Like Jesus talked about this a lot. And, and many of the disciples are just like us today. Little dense, right? Little dense, got to get it. It take a while. As he said. And the ladies were like, ah, yep. As he said. The disciples, as soon as they see him, oh, he said this. He actually said that he was going to do this. This is an amazing factual message. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see is an, is an examination or invitation to examine the reality. Ladies, come walk down into the tomb and come look at this reality. Come examine it. Come touch the linen garments. Even the, the face garment that was folded and put aside. That's amazing. Come and look at it. Now, this happened before Peter and John had their race to the tomb. You guys remember Peter and John's race? That's hilarious, right? Like John is faster than Peter. And who wrote that? John did. Amen. That's hilarious. Like, which is John telling Peter, hey, uh, Peter, I'm going to tell people that I was faster than you for all eternity. <laughs> you know, like before that race happened, the ladies got to go examine it first. The ladies got to go see it first. They got to examine the facts. Now, this is always the message of Christianity. Christianity is always an invitation, not just to be emotional, like, yay, praise God. You know, we're not about facts. We're just about emotions. No, Christianity has always been fact-based. Come and see. Look at this. Examine this. Archaeology, historicity. Look at the Bible. Look at Jesus. Look at the historical nature of who Christ is. Look at the empty tomb. These are all factual things you can understand and know. And that's the reality of Christianity. It's always an invitation to facts, not feelings. Now, do Christians get emotional? Yeah, we do. Like there's something wrong with you if you're not emotional about this stuff. This is amazing. But the reason we are emotional about the gospel is because we got the facts right. Amen? We got the facts exactly right. Jesus is risen from the dead. And because of that, those facts are true. I get emotional about that, excited about that, and I'll base my whole life on it. Now, the ladies, how did they respond? They departed with fear and great joy. They were overwhelmed, fear, great joy, but they responded by going to relay the message to the disciples. They were receptive to the message that they heard. And I think that's the beautiful character quality that they had here. They were receptive to this divine communication. And this is where God blesses people. He blesses people that are not only faithful, he blesses people who are receptive. How's your heart this morning? Are you receptive to the word? The ladies weren't stiff-arming the word and saying, no, that's fine, that's fine. The scribes and Pharisees, they would stiff-arm the message. Other people would stiff-arm the message. But these ladies received it for what it was, and they took it. And I got to share the gospel at this point, because many of you have received the, the good news. You've been receptive to the message. Oh, man, that's exciting. This should be a morning of great joy for you, because you are receiving once again the reality of the resurrection. But for some of you, you have not received the message of Jesus yet. Some of you are still stiff-arming. Some of you are still being like, yeah, that's hocus-pocus, angel, showing up in a tomb. That's ridiculous. Who would actually believe that? I do. I do. Some of you still need to receive. 
You need to become soft-hearted toward the resurrected Christ. Jesus is alive. And there will be a day in your life when you stand before God and you, you won't be able to say to him, I never heard it. I never heard. You're hearing it right now. You need to believe. You will be accountable for this moment when you stand before God if you don't receive it. To say, I did hear that message this morning and he even talked about being receptive. And I guess I didn't do it. My blood is not on your hands. All right? Because I'm telling you the message. Some of you need to receive. These ladies, they were receptive. Praise God. And the third quality of these ladies that they were worshipful, verses 9 and 10. Jesus met them and he said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers. Go to Galilee. Jesus starts by saying greetings to these ladies. No, this is not a Hallmark card moment, okay? This is not it, all right? Jesus shows up on the path. They're going to go tell the disciples. Christ shows up and he says greetings. This word means grace, grace to you, grace. Now, there's a lot of ways Jesus could have shown up, all right, in this certain scenario. Ladies are going back, all right? If, if I were Jesus, I'm very sarcastic. I would handle it differently. I would jump out from a tree, from behind a tree, like, hey, ladies, what's going on? Hey. That's really bad. That's really bad. That's not Jesus. That's me. That's how I would do it. There's other ways that Jesus could have greeted, greeted them, like, hey, where's Peter and the gang? Where's Peter and the guys at? I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed. They should be here. I'm a little bitter. Actually, I'm a little frustrated with them right now. He doesn't do that. He just meets these ladies with grace. And he says, greetings, grace to you. Grace, grace, grace. What changes people's hearts and minds? Grace. It's the grace of Christ that changes us. It's the grace of Jesus that changes our hearts. Jesus greeted them with grace. Do you remember? Do you remember the, the moment Jesus greeted you with grace? You wicked sinner that needed salvation. You were on a highway to hell, you were full of rebellion, you were full of discouragement and disillusionment and confusion and darkness, and Jesus, how did he greet you? He greeted you finally with grace, grace to you. And it's that grace that sheds light into our dark hearts. I don't know if you know this, but the world's not doing very good. You know that? Have you noticed? World doesn't have any answers. It's a very dark place, very cynical place, very mean-spirited place, very spiritually dark place. And what is needed in this life? Elon Musk to buy Twitter? No, that's actually not going to solve the problem. The fundamental problem with our universe is that we are hell-bent on sin and pride and rebellion. And it's only when Jesus comes and speaks light into the darkness of this world and light into the darkness of our souls that we understand this flaming light and this flaming glory that fills up the darkness of not only my soul, but all those people around me who need forgiveness. Jesus is risen. He's very much alive this morning and he's speaking. I wonder if he's speaking to you right now. If you're a Christian, just reminding you of this glorious grace that you've received. And if you're not a Christian, this light that can be yours. So just yesterday, we were on a long drive uh, to an Easter family dinner, which many of you guys are doing this weekend. And 
we're on this long drive and I forgot my eye, my uh, ear pods, so I can't listen to a podcast or a sermon or something like that. So you know what I got to do? I got to drive like old-fashioned type. I could just have my, the thoughts of my mind, you know, on the road. And as I'm driving, this song, this old song, this old hymn comes into my mind. And it was so emotional for me. I started crying. I, you know, I had to do the manly thing and just kind of, I started singing it out loud a little bit, pausing so that I, Danielle wouldn't think I'm crying in the front. Just so powerful. It was, a, it was an old hymn called And Can It Be by Charles Wesley. It was written in 1738. And I started singing it and I just got emotional about it because this is what Jesus does. He brings worship into our hearts as Christians. And it goes like this, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke. The dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, praise God. My heart was free. I, I rose, I went forth, and I followed thee. And you guys know the refrain if you know this old hymn. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? This is what Jesus does. He just pours light and grace into our souls. And he tells us that he's risen from the dead and we just worship. Because we used to be darkness and now we're light. We used to be enemies of God, now we're friends of God. What did these ladies do? They took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. These, these ladies just immediately start worshiping Jesus. To worship means to bow down, to, to prostrate oneself. What a powerful moment for these women as they run to Christ. They grab his feet and they were made for this moment. They were made to worship. We are made to worship. And they just start worshiping Jesus, no doubt with tears of joy. They were, they were expressive. They were humble. They were celebratory. They were crying. I'm not crying, you're crying. No, you're crying, I'm crying. We're all crying. Just give me his feet, right? Just give me his feet. Amazing. Notice that this is Jesus' physical feet. Jesus is not a spirit. He's not an angel. He's not a force. He is a man with a glorified body. This is very encouraging for us because what will you look like in your glorified body? You will look like yourself. Except way better, amen? Come on now. We'll look like ourselves except younger, in our prime, no cancer, no sickness. We will look like us. Jesus looked like him. The ladies recognized him. They grabbed his feet. This is not some spirit ghost. This is like a real person. And Jesus can do all these amazing things. He can go through walls in a moment. He can eat food. He can also appear. He can fly. He can do everything. This is the glorified state that is in front of you if you know Christ as your Savior. You will resurrect from the dead. And you will be glorified with him. And these women just worship. And this is so amazing because this is inside of every one of us. To worship Christ is our greatest joy. What's better in life? than worshiping Jesus. There is nothing greater than worshiping Christ. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, just like the angels. 
Don't be afraid. God grace, God's grace just flows out of Christ to these women. And they're just saying, it's okay, just keep worshiping and then go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. I'll meet them there. What is it about these women that makes them so special? They were faithful. They were receptive. And they were worshipful. What makes you so special this morning? What makes you so special as a Christian? You know the resurrection power. You're faithful by God's grace. You're receptive to the word of God. And you worship Jesus. So I'm going to pray and we're just going to go for it, okay? Band's going to come up. We're going to go for it. So you guys get a chance to respond. How? I don't know. Raise your hands up. Amen? Like sing with all your might. I don't care if you can't carry a tune. Sing it. Sing it to Jesus. He's worthy of it. Let's worship him. Let's be faithful. Let's be receptive. And let's close this Easter out with a bang. All right? Everybody stand up and I'll pray. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the celebration. Jesus, you are alive. We feel you. We sense you. We know that you're here with us. And Lord, we want to be faithful. Make us faithful by your grace. Lord, make us receptive. And Lord Jesus, would you make us worshipful? Right now, may we just go for it. May we sing your truth and believe your truth and love your truth right now. And God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Christ yet, would you just draw them in to the forgiveness and the joy and the relationship they can have with you? Christ, do your good work. You are risen and among us. Help us sing to your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.